0: boy i la o mako my ka hai e ho o ko ke ki ya ka mako e Kukala O lo bo a ku wa Locamea me ahu ka pai ana A ka apuno ala camanava a pono O kei ka maka ayo anna backup lana kila apundo ayin na make up keia ai Maekamua, ka poe oke i aita Ake a kua ko a i pula Maekamua a hiki ka ho penta Maekamua a hiki ka ho penda.
1: Hey, aloha kohala, and once again, it's Thursday, April 15th, it's 7.04, and we're listening to can uh, care LP 96.1 FM Kohala, and it's the uh, Kuka, Kuka with Kalani show, and we're sitting here with uh, <laughs> uh, a great resource person, uh, Tony Whittington. How's it, Tony? How's it going? It's
2: going good. Oh, good evening, so everybody.
1: Yeah, sorry to have your mic on. <laughs>
2: oh good evening everybody
1: yeah thanks you thank you for coming but you know we uh, i like to uh, do this you know I, every so often i don't know once a month or so an update on what's happening in kohala and recently we just came from uh anakea watch program meeting at the intergenerational center what is your take on that
2: i thought it was great i thought that um the uh, officers that were there and the prosecutor uh did a really good job of um talking about neighborhood watches, what they can do, how they can be effective, and uh encouraging other neighborhoods to think about uh undertaking a neighborhood watch program
1: you know uh the thing that crossed my mind was they're doing a powerpoint and they said there's maybe like two officers on duty and if uh they're on a call, say. Don Kohala Ranch or someplace. And then they get a call
2: uh, well. New Lee. New Lee. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That, you know, yeah, there's no police it, yeah.
2: in between Kohala Ranch and yeah, New it's Lee. So well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is it is the problem that they're under. Um, and it would make you think that they're understaffed. But I think that the reasoning behind that is Kohala North Kohala has the lowest crime rate anywhere on the islands.
1: I know someone asked uh, be, uh, during the pandemic, during this COVID virus, that did crime rate increase? And I think when she asked that question, I got the impression that she was expecting, yeah, it's, it's really increased. But their response was thought crime has actually decreased. Yes. And yes. I, I forgot. Do you remember what the reasoning was for that?
2: Well, there's a lot less people here. Um, there's 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 a lot less frustration at having other outsiders here. Uh, yes, there's a lot of stress on the economic uh, especially of the people who've uh, either had to work less times or had been laid off. That's a pressure but um i I think it's just pretty much a, a sense of the well what it, you you just said it it's been so much. Easier around town without tons of traffic and and uh you know people at uh, at, uh the places that we're used to going like our parks and th- are have not been uh overused
1: well you know I, I got another take on it. what I okay. thought was well, everybody's home
2: yeah it's true <laughs> no, <laughs> no nobody can burgle your home when you're there
1: uh, no you know th- pretty much uh for those that, you know, worked at a hotel, etc., or service industries, whatnot, uh, y- they were all at home. Yeah. So, you know, like, uh, I look across the street, there's my neighbor. hmm And, it, well, there's my neighbors. And luckily, the guy has uh, a really good skills, so he could do other things, even though he's laid off from the hotel. He's busy working on his, mm-hmm. uh, on his home job. And so, like, you know, yeah everybody's at home yeah so well, that so reduces th- the uh, uh the opportunities
2: and, and this is l- a good opportunity to do neighborhood watch because yeah. what a neighborhood watch is is people who get to know their neighbors they know their habits they know their uh you know the people that visit them re- regularly and so they can tell if if there's a stranger in town or somebody looking like they're they might do something criminal. Um, so this is a good time because I think we learned a lot about our neighbors more than we knew before, probably. The probably,
1: uh, yeah. You know, um, I, something I didn't know, but you know, like I would leave for an extended period of time, mm-hmm. and I would tell my neighborhood watch captain, hey, I'm going to be gone, can you check my house? Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, yeah. You mm-hmm. know, I'll, I'll keep my eye on it, go over there every so often. And he told me, you know, you can even tell the police that you're going to be gone. And so they can uh, do a check. And I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't you know, either. I didn't know that was a service that they uh, provided.
2: I think it's the be- better because we only have two police officers. Yeah. I mean because they d- they what they said basically is we can't patrol because we only have two of us.
1: They're they're responding to calls. And they're
2: responding to calls all the yeah, time. So. Yeah. Um, so that's why, if you're going away, is if you have somebody in your neighborhood, or you can say that you'll be gone, uh, it's it's probably probably safer.
1: Yeah, I, I know, like people, they got family, relatives, they can you, t- you know, but uh, like me, I don't really have family here, and uh, but my neighbor, he drives past my house in and out because he mm-hmm. lives below me. Plus, he's the uh, president of the neighborhood watch. Well, that <laughs> helps.
2: <laughs> Is that Blaine?
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. This is in Ainakea. Blaine's up on. Uh, oh, Blaine's Kinnerley. Yeah. Okay,
2: that's yeah. a good thing to know. There are two neighborhood watches in Kohala. One Kinnisly? is in Iinakea, yeah. and the other is at Kinnersley.
1: Th- that must have uh, just recently started.
2: I think. I think huh? so. We have a new um, officer uh, in, in assigned to Kohala. Dayton uh, Tagaka. Dayton yeah? Tagaka. Yeah. Um, he his job is to um, Uh, deal with community and deal with problems and uh, to help set up the Neighborhood Watches. And he just because of this meeting last night, he he seems to be um, really on his job.
1: Oh, yeah. uh, I I know that one time, uh, I don't know if it's still happening, but Malil Ridge had a Neighborhood Watch program. I think they might have been the first. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I think when I drive up there, I see signs.
2: I yeah. see signs there, yeah. too, but yeah. I, d- I didn't know they had one. When I asked w- whether they had yeah. any more than these two, they said not at this time.
1: Yeah, I didn't know Kinnersley kn- uh, had one.
2: What it takes is volunteers. Oh, yeah. It takes people willing to step up and one person to say they'll be captain yeah. of the area and others to say they'll be block directors. In other words, they'll take a section of uh, the area and say, oh, I'll keep my eye out. And uh, get in touch with people so, you know, other people in that block can keep their eyes out, too.
1: I was just imagining sitting there listening to the meeting, you know, like uh, w- we've had the Aina Watch program for, mm, I don't know, five years. It's, it's been, a, been a while. And uh, when we first started, people would come to the meetings and they would talk about how their, uh, their homes were robbed. You know, and, and I'm sitting there, wow was my neighbor. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I go, wow, really? Mm -hmm. You know? uh, But then uh, I noticed that as we had these meetings, you know, people were going, coming forward and saying, you know, this is uh, what happened. And, you know, this just uh, the awareness of it. Mm -hmm. And I was just sitting at tonight's meeting, you know, listening, and I was thinking, wow, what if all of Kohala had a Neighborhood Watch program? Mm -hmm. I mean, what would that mean, you know, in terms of... uh,
2: I hope they wouldn't cut back our officers.
1: <laughs> well, maybe we should have.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm sure yeah, that yeah, wouldn't No, be no that. just
1: thinking like, wow. But
2: I asked about rural areas. Like, yeah. some neighborhoods here, because they're rural and the lots are big, you know, the, the houses oh, are fru- right, You can't right, right. see your neighbor's house. Right, right, right. The thing that is important with a neighborhood watch is you get to know who your neighbors are. Right. You go meet them, you know who they are, and you, you, you know the traffic on your road, and... You can keep your eye on Yeah, that. you
1: know, like uh, uh, if there's somebody who, who you don't, you know, you don't yeah, you're right. I, I see the guys going back and forth my house. I know where they live. I know who they are. Mm-hmm. And then there's a car that comes through and, well, I don't know who that is. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of just look and take a closer look like, oh, who is that? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. And just that awareness, you know, not that you're suspecting the person has uh, been a criminal or anything, but y- you pick up on those things. You know, yeah. 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 But that was interesting. Yeah. Uh and like you mentioned, yeah, if you, if you live 20 acres away from somebody. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but they w- you know, they were saying like you could take a bigger er- like Ka'ahuhu, Ka'ahuhu yeah. area like oh Kahuhu, Ka'ahuhu homesteads yeah, you know, yeah. Oh or one road huh? or or even like near lei or yeah. Uh you know, some of the uh, Camp 17 or Oh yeah. you know, they oh could yeah. they could have neighborhood watches there too.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think it's a good thing to do. And the thi- uh, huh? Hawaii Road. Oh yeah. The thing that impressed me was the uh, police officers felt that it was uh, an asset to have neighborhood watch programs, where he said, "There's more of us than them." I mm-hmm. mean, eyes and ears. Mm-hmm. And you know that was a positive thing I thought. And I think, uh, th- you know, th- times are changing. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we're gonna have more people coming in again.
1: Yeah. Oh. Oh, because of the, uh, the relaxing the rules? On
2: well, because, the, yeah, the tourists will come back. The, um, and look at the, the housing market right now. There's they say there's a whole lot of people who will be moving here to work. Uh, you know, now you can work anywhere in the world. You can uh, work at home. People the yeah. housing market is booming right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Uh, why, why. Why not work in Hawaii? Than in uh, frozen snow someplace. Well, you know, mm-hmm. you yeah, if this <laughs> is desirable. You gotta.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, another thing that they mentioned was uh, a neighborhood watch can welcome people into their neighborhoods. Oh, so yeah. they can they right. can know who's moving here and get to meet them and and uh, uh, be neighborly.
1: That's a good point. What else did you pick up from uh, this meeting tonight?
2: I think. Yeah, I picked up a couple points on uh, how to be. Let me see. How to be a good observer. Uh, what's suspicious? People stopping uh, people on the street to talk. You know, t- to talk to strangers. Um, uh, people are suspicious when they're sitting in a car alone. Just park with there. one in the front seat and one in the back seat. That was
1: unusual. I mean, that is unusual.
2: That is an unusual thing.
1: But uh, I was kind of wondering, you got one guy in the front, one guy in the back, and what's the purpose of the guy in the back? You know, like
2: yeah, why? Uh, I don't they know. Are they dealing drugs or what are they doing? Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Okay, so yeah. then uh, um, uh, gangs of young people with no purpose
1: just cruising,
2: yeah. Uh-huh. Um, uh, someone who just stays in a vehicle for a long time in one place, parked. Uh, um, uh, strange movements of cars driving around the block repeatedly. Someone, uh, you know, like they're checking out the neighborhood, but they don't live there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've um, seen on, you know, like we have a Facebook page, Inakea. Mm-hmm. And I've seen people, uh, I've been on the pages, somebody will say, hey, there's such and such a car that's going around the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, they're kind of like Like, anybody know who that is? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like just alert. Uh, I've seen, you know, cars come through and, uh, you know, if it's a description of what you're talking about, uh, a couple guys, or one guy, and a car I've never seen before, and they go around once, they go around twice. Like yeah, what are they the doing? Yeah, <laughs> what's <happening>? yeah. <laughs> anyway, <checking> yeah, okay.
2: <laughs> another one they said was cars with lots of stuff in them or that look like they're sitting low on their wheels, like they've got something very heavy inside.
1: Oh, interesting.
2: Yeah, so those are the kind of things that they said. Now, one of the another thing I want to repeat that they were very clear on is that if you do call, um, your, your call it, it is anonymous. You can ask to be anonymous so so you don't get anybody c- coming back to you and say, Whoa! Oh, that's y- good. You know, I think that ma- makes people f- feel safer about. Yeah. Um, you know, we're just, w- it's a hard community. We all like each other, so we don't want to report on anybody. Better keep your mouth shut sort of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Uh, yeah. it, it's kind of like, do you, I re- I remember, uh remember, the biggest thing about emergencies, like say uh, illness or something, they say is uh, that people are hesitant to call.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, they're hesitant to act. Mm-hmm. Failure to act is what they call it. But when you talk to the EMTs, they say, they, when in doubt, just call. Even yep. if it's the guy's okay, th- they, he may not be. You know." And so, yeah, it's good, good, good uh, advice there.
2: Yeah, they had a they had a motto. I'm trying to look for it here. Um. Anyway, it was it was basically if you see something call.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's good.
2: If they have a number for non-emergencies, which is the police department, uh, it's actually the Hilo number, but they c- put you directly into Kohala and it's 935-3311. That's the regular number, if you see something that's dangerous, call nine one one right, and ask for the police right, um, but otherwise, you can call if it's not an emergency and just to report things. They were really eager to have people keep their eye out,
1: yeah, because yeah, you know uh, that's their job, yeah like and they only have yeah. four eyes, and we have yeah. a lot more We've got plenty <laughs> more that, uh, you know uh, we could be we're like you say, we're an asset to them um. Uh, and, you know, that's important, I think, working together, like, a partnership. Yeah. Uh, there's something else I want to talk about. Okay. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we but got anyway. a lot
2: of topics going on right now yeah. in Valhalla. Um.
1: So, anyway, I know we were going to talk about some community stuff. Yeah. And just kind of an update of what's, what's happening and whatnot and where are we today? What's the first – what's – What's the first one on the block?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, one of the ones that's on everyb- everybody's mind and in signs around is Polo Lu. So yeah. Okay. Th- so yeah. <laughs> so, um, I think that the main thing to know about Polo Lu is that it's the whole thing is kind of on pause right now. Um, the everything's uh, kind of cooled
1: off. Or? Well,
2: the the next step legally and and. Uh, in in the uh, surety subdivision and the f- land exchange uh, the land trade with the uh, the state for Polulu land um the next step was to be that surety would be applying to the planning department for con- consolidation re-subdivision um and uh i just keep checking on planning and they have not received it and i talked to na'ala heli the trail uh a division that runs the lookout on the trail at Polulu, and they said, as far as they know, it hadn't been submitted yet. Just throw so
1: uh, some background info, we're talking about 100, what, how many acres are we talking about?
2: Um, well, the consolidation con- includes the 96 ac- 86 acres that Shirty owns on the valley floor. Uh-huh. It includes the state land, which is the, the trail and the cliff, and it includes uh, a very large parcel that Sherty owns um, around the lookout and up the valley ridge. Uh-huh. And that w- I, I'm, f- I'm not sure how many. I think it's, uh, it's over 150, though, acres. So those would all be consolidated. Right. And then um, Sherty has uh, applied to the planning department for. Wait, what do you
1: say consolidated? What does that mean? Uh, th-
2: the boundaries would disappear and new boundaries would be drawn. Okay. Okay. So it would be um, all of those pieces would become one, and then they w- new boundaries around them would be drawn, and uh, the the basic premise of the whole pr- uh, thing is that Shirdi would um, donate uh, the si- the eighty six acres on the floor of the valley and an additional five acres next to the Sprouts land by the for lookout uh, for a parking, parking lot. <laughs> And in exchange, uh, the county has uh, designated uh, 10 new lots on the valley floor that surety would then transfer to the the valley ridge. And it would be in uh, three to nine acre lots going up from uh, the Sprouts property Uh up Mauka.
1: So they don't own anything right there now?
2: who Shirley? Yeah. No, Shirley owns a lot. They own the 86 acres and they own the big piece by the lot.
1: Well, oh, what I meant was above the Sprout property. Mm-hmm. Do they own any of that land? They that own it
2: all. Oh. Y- yeah, they So own they already own, own that yeah. ridge. No, no, Camemay schools own some land around here, but the land on the ridge from you know where the turn off that you used to go up to the yeah, ditch trail. Yeah. Okay. It's that would that road would be the access to these 10 lots that would be up on the valley ridge. So they
1: own that already? They already own it, Oh, yeah. okay. So okay.
2: basically what they're doing is... Is that
1: about, uh, something about 100 acres or something? It's over 100. Over 100-plus yeah. over, over uh-huh. acres?
2: 100-plus, and, and out of that, they would carve five acres for the parking um, in exchange for giving the state the valley floor. Actually, it's half of the valley floor. They own the half that's on the ocean side. The state already owns the half of the valley floor that goes back to the right falls okay so anyway it, there's uh there's several this pause has given um, uh, a chance for there's three things going on there's a social media uh petition uh-huh. uh which is now uh o- t- 22,000 signatures uh there's other Facebook activities going on uh, but 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 I think the main one is that there's a group of folks in Neoli, uh, many of them uh, are either descendants or related to um, f- or, or associated with the history of Polulu Valley, so they feel like they have some say so th- what they 're doing now is they 're trying to format um, their own statement and 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 possible solutions to this um, and we should be hearing about that hopefully maybe in this next month definitely before it's uh, from the group yeah mm-hmm. um so they're working on that now there's an, another group of people that's working on the legal aspects of it the legal aspects that could be challenged are the fact that um some of this land is in conservation district and some of this, l- and the, the valley floor is in the special management area. So um, that that's a, an opening for public comment. And then also the question of whether these 10 lots that have been uh, identified in the single lot of the valley floor, it, it, whether that's a, a valid a designation. Because some of these, Parcels were made up of um, land court awards, uh, some uh, land court awards that had been bisected or cut by trails, and so they get extra lots from that. The question of the Hawaiian land ownership (coughs) is it's possible that that's going to be challenged. So there's these three things going on in terms of Palu, and they're continuing. It's just that the surety has not yet applied for the consolidation subdivision, so um, uh, nothing's moving in that way. We don't have a time element on it right now.
1: Oh, okay. But the land above Charles Rose House, uh uh they, they already own that? Yes, they do. Okay. I, it's, I
2: al- uh, it's under the name of KP Holding, which oh. is surety.
1: Okay, because I had seen, I had, uh, I decided one day, no, actually, I saw Bill Chantel in a hardware store up there. And I said, hey, how's it, Bill? (laughs) And he kind of just stared off into the horizon. And then he said, (laughs) I was going to call you on your show last night. (laughs) You know, this is when I had the high school kids here. Yeah. And... uh, he said, but I decided uh, I'll just write an article and a commitment. Uh, the, the mo- call a multi So anyway, I thought, oh, okay. you know." And then one day he said, you know what, I should call him. And so I did. And I called him and he said, oh, you win the bronze medal. And I <laughs> said, what do you mean? He says, well, you're the third person. You're only the third person to ask me you know, for my opinion. <laughs> I came in third place, <laughs> and he <laughs> went the gold or the silver, and <laughs> you know, we l- had a good laugh. But what he uh, explained to me, and maybe I got it wrong, is that uh, they, they owned the property. Yes. Yeah. And they it said it's zoned 20 acres, mm-hmm. and I guess they could s- cut into 20-acre lots and sell it. They could, I'm not saying that, they, you know, that I'm in favor or anything. I'm just, boi- boi- you know, using that as what he was telling me. And the, the reconsolidation was to, well, forget the reconsolidate. They were, what they were doing was they were making lots that were less than 20 acres.
2: That's because that will sell. The 20 yeah. acres won't sell.
1: Yeah, well, well, they sold a lot, though, down Pratt Road and all that,
2: right? hmm mm-hmm. I mean, they <laughs> sold beaucoup, right? <laughs> If they could, they would. <laughs> but uh, I, I think the 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 market for that size lots are not. You think so? Uh-huh.
1: I don't know on the ridge. <laughs> well, anyway, the yeah, point the point no, that he was making to right, me the he's point right, he was couldn't. making to me was that you know Jeff uh, I'm not saying these are the words he used, but basically it was you know we could just cut it up into 20 acre lots and sell them. Mm-hmm. whether they could sell them or not, I don't know. But he said, you know, they're zoned 20 acres, so, you know, legally we could do that. Mm-hmm. And there wouldn't be any public hearing on it because we're, we're following the zoning laws. Mm-hmm. And I remember Tim Richards sitting here, and I asked him about that Paulo thing. And basically he was saying, well, you know, there's l- the landowners have certain rights. And, you know, if my property is zoned uh, for X amount, acreage or square footage, then I have the right to, you know, to cut it. I know I got a friend in Inukia. Mm -hmm. Their lot is 22,000 square feet. Inukia is only 10,000 square feet. So they're going to split their lot in half, and one of their kids is going to build a house on it. Totally illegal. Yes. Totally legal. Mm -hmm. Uh, The only problem is the water, yeah.
2: The water meter. The water meter. And that's the problem they'd re- have out in in uh, Up po- in Polaloo too. Yeah. No no electricity, no water.
1: So uh but then I guess what he was telling me was correct that if they wanted to they could just cut 20 kilots. Whether whether they'd be marketable, or I don't know. Yeah. But th- th- they could do that. Is yep. that right? Yeah? Okay.
2: Yeah, there's no no they could do that. Yeah. Uh but but it is zone AG20 and what they want to uh, put in is uh, in lots that are three to nine acres now that's what's called a non-conforming yeah, lot. Right. they would be creating non-conforming have have and a that's another area. legal issue right. that comes into play yeah. you s- t- anybody challenging it would say well wait a minute you're 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 cha- you're creating non-conforming lots here yeah
1: yeah uh, uh, but yeah but but what if the people know that uh, the zoning is 20 acres and if they wanted to, they could cut it up in twenty-acre parcels, and so. On.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but uh, but it, it is, I mean that, that it that is true that if you you know if you own, uh, forty acres,
1: you can cut them in half. You
2: could cut them in half legally. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I, I was just wondering if the people knew that.
2: Of course, you couldn't get water meters up there, though.
1: Yeah. But you could. Mm-hmm. I know. I know people uh, drilled their own wells, and you
2: know.
1: I mean, wh- if a person is going to buy twenty acres, <coughs> I'm sure he can afford to drill a well. I but think but anyway. so. <laughs> <laughs> I but
2: think I don't think there, there's more people who don't know how much sweat it takes to take care of twenty acres. Oh, jeez! I mean, it is a it is a full time job to take care of twenty acres here, especially exactly, when you yeah. get out towards the valleys where. It rains as much as it does. That's a lot well, of land.
1: Drive around Kohala and see how many people can take care of their yard.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just the front yard. <laughs> <laughs> you drive
1: by my house. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we had uh, Lonnie Eugene who just walked in. Hi, 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 Lonnie. How you doing? Oh, fine. Uh, you gonna talk right into the mic there? You gotta real get close. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead.
3: Uh, uh, well, what do you want to <laughs> <laughs> say?
2: <here>? Oh <laughs> I said no, hello. Uh,
1: earlier we were talking about uh, the <laughs> neighborhood watch, <laughs> <laughs> the neighborhood watch program, and all. You were the acoustics not too good in there, and plus we got our no, masks on. Yeah, but uh, you were doing a presentation on Big Island Missy children, and I just wondered if you just wanted to give us a brief summary of uh, uh, your presentation for the people that weren't there.
3: Yeah, I had. Uh PowerPoint already and all that, but (laughs) they have a different kind of computer. (laughs) Uh, I didn't have (laughs) a uh, Mac.
1: I thought everybody has Macs, you know, I don't know. (laughs) Uh,
3: So couldn't do anything, but um, yeah, it started, Big Island Missing Children started in June 2020, and it came at a time when um, people just started to Uh, hear about human trafficking because uh, Dr. Dominique from, I think the University of Arizona, did this research and um, found that there was human trafficking in Hawaii and sex trafficking. And so it was uh, really a wake-up call. And there was also people upset about it because they thought that it was like fear-mongering because there's no such thing as human trafficking in Hawaii. <laughs>
1: no, I didn't believe it. M- I went to a presentation. It was at the, the General Center two years ago, and this lady's doing this presentation. I'm sitting there going, you got to be joking. You know, like, nah, in Hawaii? Nah. Mm. But the more I listened to it and the more she brought up these uh, studies and facts, yeah, uh, you know the more and more all of us were in there. Just wow, this is really this is real. Mm-hmm. This is real. Anyway,
3: yeah, it, it it seems so unreal because we don't see it. No, and uh, you know, it, 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 but since we started this, uh, well, actually, Kikai, uh, my son Kekai Kolkis, put out a um, started a Facebook page, Big Island Missing Children. And within like a day or two, he had about 1,000 people <laughs> on it. And, you know, KHON TV came and interviewed him and all these other stuff. But they also had uh, a county council uh, talk about it and the police. And they are saying, okay, well, you know, most of them are runaways and all this other stuff. And, you know, um, yeah, a lot of them are runaways. But then when they brought out the facts, like how many, they said, hey, this is pretty good because, n- you know, 2017 we got only 400-something runaways this year, uh, I- I- that year, and then, but then in 2008 there were 800-something runaways. So where did they all go, you know? And... um I, it's just mind-boggling after we started this uh, Big Island Missing Children then we started of course looking at uh, people started writing in and all that and um, putting up you know posting things from the Internet and all that and I had to go and check it out and see if it's for real going on the um, um YouTube and all that and And geez, I've learned so much through that, you know. And when we uh, started, like looking at what's happening in um, Hawaii, you know, the abuse that's happening in Hawaii, the kids, uh, you know, after 20 years, they finally find um, Peter Boy's killer, Mm -hmm. who was the father, you know. And kind of everybody kind of knew that already, but. It's like those things, and right in Hilo, you know, the um, parents and the grandmother ended up s- um, starving the their daughter and granddaughter to to death. And
1: yeah, that that made the uh, local news just recently.
3: Mm, yeah.
1: You know, but the things that you bring up is like, ah, yeah, yeah, you know, pff, this is Hawaii, you know. But you know, the thing that you know, the thing that really brought it home for me. The attorney general for the state of Utah was involved in a sting operation. I think they went to Colombia or or one of the uh, South American countries. And his job, he looks uh, Latino, his job was to be the buyer.
2: Mm.
1: And they went with a group of guys and they'd set up the connections and they were on this island. And these guys brought all these children for him to look at, yeah? Yeah. And, uh, you know, for for them to purchase. And they're waiting for the police to come, yeah, you know, to arrest all these guys. But what made it real for me, this guy, I knew him as a kid. This is uh, Kinka and Rose Maeda's grandson. Mm-hmm. and You know, from New Lee. Mm-hmm. And he would come to Kohala every year and spend his summers here. And now he's the Attorney General of uh, Utah. So when it was he involved in that sting operation you know i, I know this guy mm-hmm. you know this guy right Lonnie? and uh uh y- you know he's sitting there in fact he uh I, I i talked to him and he gave me this uh this mm-hmm. marshall's badge or something he said here give this to his son Kikai, for the work that he's doing on that uh, big island mystery children uh facebook page mm-hmm. but that's what made it real like oh i know this guy personally you know I, I watched them as a kid come to Kuala every summer uh, play, you know, go camping with us and all that kind of stuff yeah that was real
3: yeah harrowing and so you know if you go to YouTube you hear all these victims and um, their stories of how they're abused from when they're some of them from when they're babies and the rituals that they go through and, and they talk about all these people who abused them and they're like people you would never think. You know, politicians, rich people, and uh, professionals, doctors. Oh, gosh. You know, it was like, you know, it can't be true. But then this whole thing with Epstein and all that comes out, and you're going, this is real, you know? All, uh, at first, it was so unbelievable. And then with that Olympic girls and all that, uh, their all doctor. All the uh, gymnasts. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: that was, yeah, they made it. R- but anyway, um, yeah, uh, I want to thank you, you know, for doing that, coming to Kohala and uh, doing that presentation. Uh, uh, too bad the uh, sound—we didn't have a sound system. But uh, you know, for for thanks for your message tonight.
3: Well, you know, I bring this thing about the abuse because um, sometimes we we don't associate that yeah but when the child is abused whether physically mentally sexually emotionally you know neglected or whatnot, but those kids end up looking for somebody who will love them uh, they will end up running away or they'll end up perpetuating that abuse that they've had, you know, in their childhood. So you know, we need to fix this problem and not just okay, you know, th- we'll find them and then bring them back to that situation again and then they run away again. Many of these kids are uh re- you know, repeat runaways. So I don't know something has to be done where um W- find out the the cause, you know.
1: Well, like they were saying that, uh, and this p- gave me an- another view on kids that run away repeatedly. That you know, I've I've seen statements like, "Oh no, ru- uh, again they ran away." But you know, they either running from something or running to something, or running from someone or running to someone. They're not just running. You know, there, there's a reason for that. But uh, I want to thank you. We're gonna. Uh, we got about uh, twenty minutes here. And uh, is there any anything else you want to share with us?
3: Um. No, it's just that I learned a lot. That.
1: How does it I make you feel? I had
3: no idea.
1: How does it make you feel? I mean, you got a lot of information in your head here.
3: Mm-hmm. Um. It's kind of almost hopeless, but then...
1: The evil is so great.
3: Yeah, it, but it's kind of like, what else can we do? You know, we need to get this message out, uh, not only on social media, but, you know, for people who don't have um, computers and all that. It needs to be on bulletin boards. You know, you mean look at kids. the
1: stores like these? There. Yeah. Right at the front entrance, you mm-hmm. remember those, mm-hmm. yeah, like I remember Walmart Walmart was that it? yeah,
3: yeah, now it's in the back they They don't even put it out in the front, so well there needs to be more
1: back. exposure besides the uh, social media, yeah, uh, some place where people can see it readily, yeah, okay, good so A- and
3: and parents and caretakers need to um, know what to do or uh be aware of this. Uh, how how these kids are being groomed, a lot of it is through the internet, especially now with this, um, they're giving the kids <laughs> computers now, right, the, the schools. They're learning how to use the computers, and they're finding that these kids are uh, talking to people. They're playing games with uh, pedophiles, and they don't even know it.
1: They're pre- predators. So.
3: Yeah, so it's... Um, You know, parents got to be aware of what's going on, what to look for. Good point.
1: Good point. Well, thank you, Lonnie. Uh, And, you know, it sounds like uh, maybe uh, sometime in the near future we can talk more about this, you know, like getting down to, like, what can we do about it? I think and maybe Sean Reyes is his name, the district attorney of uh, Utah. Maybe have him call in. Attorney uh, General. uh, Oh, Attorney General, that's right. Yeah, Attorney General. And, you know, maybe he can call in and uh, share some of his stories. Mm -hmm. But thank you. Thank you for coming. But anyway, Tony, we're talking about Pahulu. I wonder if we can hop on to Mahukona.
2: Yeah, let's hop to Mahukona. All right.
1: That's cooler down there. (laughs)
2: Yes. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So there's two things going on at Mahukona. One is, what do we do with the park? Because the pavilion's been... uh, uh, condemned and boarded up for two years now, actually a little more than two years, and uh, only now is Parks and Rec uh, putting uh, any attention on it at all. Um, the director of Parks and Rec has been coming out here two, two times. One, you know, he says he was going to come up every month. Uh, He had to postpone the last one, but he's coming again later this month. So he says the buck stops here. We're going to get Mahukona Park uh, redone and replanned and uh, redone. The first thing they have to do is uh, uh, take out the pavilion because it does have lead poisoning in the paint. And there is some um, uh, dieldrin, which is a, a... uh, former pesticide that they found in the soil, they have to remove that. So, but they he said the good news is he said they had the funds to do that oh now. No. That's ready. What we need to do is get on Tim Richards to get the money to do the planning because uh, it'll take another hundred thousand dollars at least to do the planning. But what the main thing behind this group, uh, um, the Mahou- Save Mahukona group, is uh, they want to have, uh, they want the community to have a say in wh- what is being built there. Uh, there are several things we know about what's to be built. One is that the pavilion or the restrooms are going to have to be further back than that one. Oh, They're further back towards the... Th- further back because of climate change and ocean... Oh, rise. right. Ocean rise. Well, you you saw when that storm came through and uh, those waves came right underneath oh, those the pavilion. Okay, so, if that's already, it's going to be higher.
1: You know, you uh, mentioned uh, Tim Richards, uh, he's going to be on the show next Thursday, and he's bringing in uh, Ika- Rollinghurst, mm-hmm. the Director of Public Works, with him. Good. So next Thursday, yeah, we'll have Tim Richards and the Director of Public Works, Ikaika Rowlinghurst, who we met, sign-waving. He was running for office assembly. Yeah, right. Yeah, that'll be next Thursday. Good. But anyway.
2: Okay, so um, the, there are it's 15 acres available. Uh, the park itself right now is only on about... Four or five acres, uh, but there are 15 acres available. There could be further extensive uh, development of, say, uh, grassy fields and volleyball courts. Oh. Or um, they still want to do camping down there. They could have uh, better camping sites than they do, better uh, barbecue places and and stuff. But the the key thing that's being asked of Ma- Messina right now is that the community be part of the planning, the the decision-making. We went through this with the uh, CDP when it was being drawn up in 06 and 07, but we, ne- we need to be back in there again. So that's what's going on in the park, but the other issue at Mahukona is um, the land that was f- the former surety land, uh, which is uh, uh, 640 acres, including um, 200 acres Mauka, the highway, and uh, 434 acres Makaya, the highway. Um, The uh, Hawaiian Islands Land Trust is currently in negotiations with the owners, which is no longer surety. It's a Canadian uh, outfit that um, has hired a Florida holding company. They're they're negotiating with them to purchase the entire amount. Mahukona is currently number one on the priority li- list of the county for public purchase uh... it's been on the priority list for twelve years now and so it's just not this is the first time there's actually been motion in in the direction of uh, turning it into a public place uh, it'll take a lot more than just county open space fund the Hawaiian Island Land Trust has also applied for state legacy land funds. But even then, uh, I believe the trust is expected to do some fundraising, which will probably do some fundraising here in town, too.
1: What, what uh, where exactly is this property? It's yeah, you talked about Mako, the highway. And yeah, okay, Malkai. so
2: it's the all of the land between Mahukona Park and Kapa'a Park.
1: That includes the uh, navigational hill and includes the high wall number five. It all includes
2: that. the big barn that's down there. It includes the uh, house that's used also be that used to. Also, the whole property. Rea- uh, the railroad depot. Yeah. Um, and uh, it includes the lo- the whole trail along there that goes. And it and it includes in addition to that, it includes two hundred acres mauka of the highway. It's quite a bit of land.
1: How is that going to affect our access agreement?
2: Oh, well, w- then we can rewrite any access so the public can have <laughs> well, we much have a more voice than one little trail.
1: <laughs> well, we have a voice in that.
2: Oh, definitely, because because Hui Malmahoa, the group that you worked with, is um, uh, has uh, court agreements uh, calling on public uh, access down there. I mean, we've already had that already negotiated, and even when Surety was trying to build the resort and su- subdivision down there, they were subject to a public access plan that include parking lots and uh, trails and, uh, you know, uh, access by, by road to get closer to the uh, ocean part, which is the conservation district is everything from the old Jeep Road to the ocean.
1: i just uh, plug in a commercial here. That uh, sitting with us is Lonnie Jr., who directed, wrote uh, <laughs> uh, oh, a, yeah, a the video, video, yeah, yes. about the uh, struggle of Hawaiʻi Malaha and the people of Koala uh, fighting pre- to preserve a cultural lifestyle, which is access to Mauna Makai for food gathering areas, etc. Yeah. Yes,
2: you, you were the s- the start of this whole thing. <laughs> Yeah. Really, it was the first time the people of Kohala really stood up and said, "Hey, this is our place. We need access to it. Yeah. We need we need uh, we need rights to hunt and fish and uh, gather and uh, and and we're going to get it."
1: You know, I, I did. You want to say something?
3: Well, the thing that impressed me the most about this um, access. Um, you know, being involved in it was that grown men were crying because they had lost their lifestyle. And they had no money. The plantation closed and everything else. And their food came from the ocean and the mountains. And, you know, they were denied access to that. That was terrible. That was a terrible time in history, you know?
1: Yeah. I, I, I I, w- I was with Joe Cazamero. We had launched my dad's uh, Boston Whaler uh, out of Kilkao. Mm-hmm. You know, he was small enough to do that. And he wanted to go up to the Fifth Valley and throw a net for Moy. Mm-hmm. And he says, I re- he remembers that, oh, the Moy was really plentiful. Okay, shoot. So we're going up on the boat, and he's reminiscing, oh, about all these places. And I think he was on this plateau, I don't know, Fourth Valley, Fifth Valley, Avini, or something. And he, p- he says, you see that mango tree? I said, yeah. He said, right there, would you see mango trees like that? He meant somebody was living somebody there. Somebody lived there. Yeah. And, he sa- and then he told me the name of these two Hawaiian men that lived there. And uh, he was and he said, yeah. You know, the only time they'd come to Kohala, town, Makapala, whatever, mm-hmm. was to come and buy matches. <laughs>
2: Oh, <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> yeah,
1: they'd come to <laughs> buy matches and something of tobacco on me. <laughs> and you said that's all. And then they'd walk all the way back. And, and, and I'm going by the boat, you know, and, and Joe's telling me the story. I wish I remember their names.
2: Well, I know the Harbottle family owns land That's my cousin. Then. Then. Yeah, the Harbottle's own land. They still do. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Out there? Yes, up on the vi- on the Avini Ridge. Oh, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good to know. I haven't uh, seen it for a long time. I was really good friends with uh, Maxine, Nancy, 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 her right. brother Jerry Albano.
2: They had a, a orange orchard up there too. Oh yeah, yeah. They had a citrus orchard.
1: Oh wow, wow. Well, anyway, uh-huh. uh, Hue Mama number five's uh, high wall. So all that's going to be part of it.
2: Yeah. So so what Mama Lo- Hui started the access to it. What we're doing now is we're purchasing the land. Wow. So that not only do we have access to it, but we have ownership, the right to steward it in a yeah, way. We yeah. have a right to replant native plants. That'd be cool. We have a right to do interpretive signs so that people coming there will n- won't, you know, do, do the wrong things. Um, so the difference between having a right to walk there and the right to... O, and the ownership of the whole place is.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I'd really like to see the, uh, you know, when we talk about Samson Casimiro, Benny Raymond, Uncle Tommy, uh, Navi Raymond, I mean, I, I look through my mind of all these people. Uh, I think the only ones left is Benny Raymond. Uh, Dale Spro, Uncle Kent, you know, all these guys were involved in this, yeah. uh, and these Filipino gentlemen. Cachola, old man Cachola, Fred's father, mm-hmm. and even uh, the women that were involved. I, I, somehow, I like to I like to perpetuate that story of their struggle. Like you know, the kids who go surfing at Kapana and they have a lot of fun. And, and, and sometimes I'll tell them, "You're able to go there because of these what these people sacrificed." And it was a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were ridiculed. Really cute. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of them was ridiculed. Like, what do you think you you can beat Cassidy? you think you are? <laughs> 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 but anyway, well, that's good news. Yes.
2: Yeah, well, so so far, uh, the groups that are out here, the four groups, the five groups that I work with, um, over the last uh, twelve years, have purchased three hundred and ninety acres of coastal land, and pretty soon we'll add the ninety-three acres of cup, uh, Kapanaya. Oh, that's going to happen. That's going to b- happen real soon.
1: What's the boundaries of that?
2: Uh, there's the boundaries of, of uh, Kapanaya properties is 93 acres. It goes from the highway. You know where the bridge is? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, just, just past Halawa yeah. you go down. Yeah,
2: yeah. and the, uh, So it's everything from the highway to Kapanaya Bay. Yeah. It includes the gulch on both sides, which are full of Hawaiian uh, historic sites. And it includes the entire bay and up above where the current parking lot is uh-huh. and around uh, the, c- the point uh, uh, to Kapolamaheyo. Uh-huh. So it's 93 acres. Um, uh, it's it, it's everything. It's Kamehameha's Th- Canoe Road that goes down right. to the to the cove. And it's all the land on the other side of the cove. There was oh. a um, trail up that side.
1: I wonder if people uh, know that, that uh, that road mm-hmm. was actually not built by the plantation.
2: It was the h- railroad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's the railroad easement. Yeah, yeah,
1: but yeah, that's pretty neat. That's pretty cool. So that's uh, good. So that's what pe- happened in Kap- uh, yeah, Kapanaya. Kapanaya,
2: yeah. Kapanaya right and on. and I wrote a thing for Kapanaya when it comes about all the people who have been involved from the get-go like the groups that uh, the groups that I'm working with are on their third generation, and our direction was pretty keenly set out by our kupuna, including all the guys in Hui Mamalahoa and people like Kindy Sproat, and, yeah, and yeah. Tommy Solomon, and you know they were our uh, our inspiration. Uh,
1: you mentioned that you're working on a project with youth.
2: Oh we got several <laughs> ones going with you. Um, th- Are k- you with
1: Gail Brenner or? Yes, you. yes, no?
2: right. Kohala Lihikai, right. Um, g- uh, which is the nonprofit stewardship uh, organization out here, is currently stewarding seven pieces of land, um, including Kayolena, uh, which is where we did the youth group just this last year, um, and Upolu uh, Airport. Uh, where we worked with both the high school kids and the middle all right, school right, right. kids.
1: I think I went down and did a presentation. Yale asked me for the, the that's kids. That's right, yeah. down at Upolo. Yeah, yeah, we're doing
2: uh, 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 soil erosion control You're project right, down right. there, and we had high school students working on that. Uh, and we have uh, r- restoration of native plants in almost all of the grou- places that we're doing. We're working on restoration of native plants.
1: I know her daughter is doing uh, some theses on, uh, on conservation, coastal conservation. Yeah, she conservation. completed
2: a video. You'd be interested, Lani, in seeing her video. Um, it's uh, about the efforts with the, with the students and it has interviews with um, some of the people that were involved early on in the coastal preservation. Oh, right on. Including her. She started out in Little kid. Yeah. Now she's going to Princeton. Uh, Princeton, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, time's almost up. Uh, it's almost eight o'clock. Time Where does time really go? Really fast. Any last words, or for now?
2: Uh, no, just just hang in there, you guys. Uh, we'll get past this pandemic thing, and when we do, uh, I'm hoping we'll have a, a better chance to um, to be host to. Uh, the people that come here and have them respect us at the same time.
1: I was down at uh, Wakewell Hilton uh, with my family and I was sitting there and this guy, I don't know, from New York or someplace, I don't know, and he says, you know what, he says, they should plant native plants instead of all the exotic stuff because this is what we come to see. You know, and Tim's been talking about we need to retool how we uh. uh Approach tourism uh, and make changes. And here's the sky. There's down. a program for you. Let's All right. let's
2: do one on on how do we reintroduce reintroduce tourism with with uh, res- the residents of Hawaii being the ones that make the sh- call the shots. Good.
1: All right. So next week Thursday at seven o'clock right here, we're gonna be having Councilman Tim Richards and the Public Works Director uh, Ikaiko Reo- Rodenhurst. And I want to thank all you guys for tuning in and uh, listening. And we'll see you uh, next Thursday. And thank you, Lonnie, for being here. And Tony, as usual, thank you and mahalo.
2: Aloha country on KNKRLP 96.1 FM. Kohala.